welcome to Juice Podcast. I'm Emily Harmon and I'm joined today at, well, I'm actually at Quinta do Amizio with Antonio Montero. Hi, Antonio. Oh, hi. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Quinta do Amizio. Yeah, I'm so happy yes. to be here. With my import business, Sublime Wine, we have been working with Antonio's Vineyard. We shipped last year the first pallet. So yes. 2020, we started working uh, with your vineyard, which is really exciting. Uh, I'd love to uh, let our listeners know a little bit more about Quintado Hermizio. Quintado Hermizio. I know, I don't. I oh, that. yes. Quinta no, you pronounce it very well. So, Quintado Hermizio. Hermizio. So, I use the Z as an S. Yes, the Z can be used as an S. A strong S. Hermizio. 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 Okay. So this is a, a small farm that it's in our family for several generations. I still have pictures of my grandmother mother. and so that we now try to develop a, a project with uh, bottling and exporting uh, wine, particularly mm. uh, Vigno Verde. And um, so this is quite a recent activity of mine because before I was professor to University of Lisbon, yes. professor of horticulture, research projects, students traveling a lot and since uh, six years ago I'm devoted to this project trying to improve the quality of the wines, to export, develop new labels and this is quite a complex job mm. because I used to say to my colleagues at the university that selling a bottle of wine is much difficult than writing a scientific paper. <laughs> well, why is that? Because you've got more bottles to sell. No, because the, the, <laughs> no, it's not just the matter is that the uh, wine world is so competitive. And it's so subjective as well, right? And uh, there are so many wines, so yeah. many different <laughs> yes. wines, not only in Portugal, but when you go abroad, you have, I would say, almost all countries producing wine, from China to the United States, Australia, Europe. So how can we convince somebody to buy our wines? Well, and usually, give them a taste of it. <laughs> yes, no, yeah. usually what yeah. I, I, I tell uh, our potential customers is uh, these wines are different. If you want to try something different, okay, come to Quinta do Hermizio. So, Antonio, we spent some time going through the vineyards yes. and in the cellar earlier on today, and you mentioned to me that the property's been in the family for some time. Yes. Tell us about that. I, from, I have pictures, at least from my grand-grandmother. And then uh, great, with great my, my uh, yes, my great-grandmother. And with my uh, grandmother, I used when, as a child to come here to visit the farm. <laughs> and nice. she was very careful looking at the, uh, everything because in those days the farm was rented. But she would uh, come here quite uh, often. And so it's something that I feel part of uh, our family, for part of myself, and uh, I want to keep yeah, um, that's so nice. in, in, in good condition, although in a different style, because in those days 
we did not bottle wine, this was for the local market. Yeah. And so this is now a different project that we will want to continue. When did you first start bottling wine? At Kinterdu? Yes, this, this was my, my father. <laughs> my father first bottled the wine, the first wine in the 1980s. Okay. And uh, in this still, we can taste one bottle from 1902. Wow. Ni 1992. Okay. Yeah, I still have two or three bottles and it's, yeah, that's it's nice. still drinkable. Yeah, that's Still so nice. Drinkable. So you have a little set, like a little cellar reserve or a little yes, like reserve yes, library. Yes, of we, wine. we keep uh, always a few bottles yeah. from every vintage. Yeah. This nice. is something that we do for the last 30 years. And uh, surprisingly, we noticed that Vigno Verde could age very well. Because for most of the people, Vigno Verde is something that you have to drink within one year, but our wines, uh, they are made in a, in a way that they can age, they change, because it's not young wine with fruit and so on, but they are still very pleasant as you had the occasions to... To try many to, bottles. To try many bottles, <laughs> yes. at least. We tried the, the 14 and yes. the 2008. Yes. And they are... Uh, interesting wines to drink. They're drinking very nicely. It was, yeah, I think that's the point. Um, we we had this discussion earlier, which I think is really interesting for our listeners, is um, is the fact that the wines from this region often, like the success of the region also can be something that can hold it back in a way, like because it's so famous for having this amazing, fresh, incredibly great value wine, actually yes. compared to other regions in the world yes. in terms of the quality. Um, so this very light, aromatic, salty, crisp, like the taste of spring, summer, and yes. the last bit of summer when you're moving into autumn, the, the thing that you want to drink. And then I think because everybody associates it with that, with the freshness, they don't really look beyond that. And it's a little bit like what happens with Provence Rosé, where everybody thinks it's something you should have when it's young. Yes. But actually there's a lot of capacity to, to age because of the terroir. Yes, the, the soil. The, I would say that the majority of the, the wines, they are to drink uh, 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 very uh, fast. Yeah. Actually, because some of those wines, they are fermented at lower temperatures, they have the fermentation flavors that won't last for a long time. Uh, here, we have high uh, fermentation temperatures, so yeah. we believe that a wine has not just to be something to smell but to drink yes. so it has to last in the mouth and that's for that reason i the wines also age in the bottle because mm. these wines have high acidity low ph so have all the conditions to yes. age quite well if they are well made and I think something else to talk about as well, because obviously you are in an area where it is, um, you know, you're by the sea, it's humid, it's wet, everything. And I know particularly just from my own experience of visiting Galicia, there aren't very many people that are working in a way where there's a respect to the environment. And when I walk through the vineyards today, I can see a lot of wildflowers, a lot of plant life. So there's 
that's very much of the ethos of what you're doing. And how much of that relates to your experience in teaching people about oh, horticulture? Yeah. <laughs> horticulture, <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, yes, because I, uh, in a certain way, this is my second life. Yeah. So I use uh, part of the experience I had as a professor and research in, in horticulture. So what we want to do here is to use lots of rigor in everything we do, mm. to precision, to do the things as they should be done, because making wine is not a kind of a matter of good and bad luck. It's a matter of doing the things as they must be done. And also, everything starts in the vineyard with producing the grapes. So we have our vineyard certified as integrated production. So we uh, use no fertilizers because we recycle the pruning wood and the leaves and, and uh, we don't much, do not touch the soil. So yeah. this is a kind of uh, natural and... Um, and all the work's uh, done by hand as well, right? And of and course, the, the grapes yeah. are picked by hand. Yes. So they are selected in the vineyard. Yeah. And this is why we say that our wines are made in the vineyard, not in the winery. Yes. The winery is just something very simple, as yes. you have seen, to um, keep the quality of, of the grapes. Uh, the inconvenient or the advantage, because for some people it's an inconvenient, for others it's an advantage, is that the wines are different from vintage to vintage. Mm. Because this is not a standard drink. As we said before, imagine that our vintage 21, 20, 20, 19 was all the same. What are you talking, we talking about? Yes. There isn't anything to, to discuss. So you may prefer this vintage, I prefer the other one. So they are all different, although they all have the same style. So they are siblings, but each one is different. Mm -hmm. And for us, this is the most interesting uh, part of wine, because mm -hmm. we don't want uh, to produce a wine that is always the same. This is, yes. this is not Coca-Cola, this is wine. I always use the example of semi-skimmed milk because of, it's something that should be an agricultural product that should show at least the what the animal's grazing on in the flavor of the milk. But unfortunately, it's something that you find throughout, like at least I come from the UK and it's like semi-skin milk, no matter where you buy it, it tastes the same. You just buy it because it says that. Yes. And I think there's often an approach about that with wine where um, we've lost the sense, and I mean, not just wine, but even food, even more so in many cases, we've lost that connection to the essence of where this comes it's, from and the works behind and it. For us, this is very, very important. Yeah. It is true because uh, many uh, times people ask me, oh, your wines, are they better or are they, we, they compare with other fruits? I just tell them they are different. They are produced in different conditions. Mm. It's a different terroir. So yes. if they were similar to the other wines, I was lying because I think that uh, wine has a personality, should reflect the conditions where it's produced. I agree with you 100% on that. Yes.
Otherwise, yeah. it will be a commodity. Yeah. So, and uh, <coughs> and uh, this is the the, the way we, we work. People agree, others do not agree. But <laughs> this is part. It's uh, part of of life. We we but uh, at least we want to have something that can be explained that people understand and when they are tasting one of our wines they could relate to the conditions where they are produced yeah and going on to that i think that could be before we we're going to tr talk about three wines of yours today yes. but before that i think for the people who are a little bit nerdier or maybe for the wine professionals that listen to the podcast that might be interested yeah. maybe it'd be good just to touch on what's specific about where we are in the larger region so the smaller zone we're in we are in the northwest of portugal yes so in for many people portugal is mediterranean no mediterranean in no, this area this is atlantic this is atlantic, atlantic right this is 100 percent atlantic yeah so and especially in summer if you want to go onto the beach is any of portugal actually mediterranean oh yes the south the algarve but algarve. it's still like it's on the atlantic because it's west of gibraltar but the yeah. climate is mediterranean, uh, mediterranean. Okay. but here is atlantic yeah. and if you want to understand our wines you should come to uh, uh, porto porto is like san francisco in in, in california foggy windy cool in summer yeah if you have the courage to go to, onto the beach <laughs> and you need a double courage to swim <laughs> because the water temperature sometimes is 15 16 pretty chilly chilly, yes. <laughs> chilly. so we in summer we get this influence from the atlantic mm. so it's a cool summer with which induces wines that have high acidity and a good flavor because these are what the experts say uh, cool uh, weather climate mm. and the soil is granite pure granite so is this combination with the granite soil and the atlantic influence that produces our uh, wines the vinho verde or the vinho regional do minho yeah and I think so in one little thing as well as we talked a little bit about Vigna Verde as a region yeah. and obviously there are many subzones. Is there nine? I think it's nine or eleven. Oh yes. Something the, like the, that. The, the, and they all have different nuances, right? So different varietals. I, I, but we I, I, talked I, I, a little bit about no, this is not political correct. Okay. Don't record. This is yeah, okay. off, off, okay. off record. Con okay. Con well, we won't. Let's just no. not say it. <laughs> we'll have that. Now the thing is much. that the, yeah. these different uh, regions or yeah. subregions doesn't have much to do with the different styles of wine, with the exception of the northeast, northeast, the Alvarino, and then in the southeast. Because the, 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 these regions come from north to south, so and all include the proximity to the sea and the mainland. Okay. And what is yeah. important is when you travel from the coast to the mountains, it's like an amphitheater. Mm -hmm. It's going up. Yes. And it's going more continental. 
Yes. So the more you go inside, it, there is a certain amplification. You also are uh, close to the Doro Valley. Yes. That in in the, in summer is an oven. Yes. Exactly. So, uh, in this uh, region, what is important is if you have a wine close to the sea or more in the countryside. And then that, will, di that will dictate the style. Yes, that yeah. dictates the styles. We are in mid-term okay. because it's uh, 30 kilometers away from the, the sea, so yeah. we get a lot of sea influence. But already a little bit better than to be on the coast with the fog and the, less the, less disease pressure than if you yes a little bit less disease yeah. pressure yeah. pressure yes yeah. thank you for going into that because I know it's like it's it's I'm sure you have to repeat that all the time so I'm really grateful oh no it's a and pleasure. are you happy with every all of that being in the recording oh yes okay cool because when you're like don't recall I'm like oh I don't know whether that's cool for well me. no because when I, I, I mention <laughs> off record it's to be recorded so, oh I like that so it's, like, it's off record but it's, it's off record, record but it's on <laughs> record okay cool I just wanted to get that on the recordings oh, <laughs> it doesn't no, look no, like I'm like somebody it's off record no I mean that you should record that so it's not according to the official policy. Okay. Okay. So. Oh, I see what you mean. Just oh, checking. Okay. Just checking. Okay. <laughs> Consent is an important thing. Yes. Um, so let's move on to your wine. So I've just, before we started recording, I poured myself a little mini glass of the 2021 Quinto Vizio Vigne Verde. Yes. Day? Verde? Yes. We've this... been talking about that. You can say Verde or you can say Verde. I 2020 we have this is also the 2021 yeah. and it's all what we call a classic uh, vino verde with a slightly difference from the majority of the vino verdes because we think that the wine is not to smell is to drink mm. so we need the good presence in mouth length and this is a wine that when you, you taste and you put it in the mouth, you feel the same. Yeah. And this is important because uh, makes the wine an easy drinking wine. And uh, uh, probably all our wines, they are different in, in style, but they are all wines that they have a good length in the mouth good acidity mm -hmm. and uh, especially particularly this one this vinyl is what we call an easy drinking wine very dangerous because <laughs> when you open the that. bottle yeah. and start drinking it it's something that you don't get tired yes so and uh, you continue to, to drink it because it's fresh it's a uh, uh, particularly very good for the afternoon with a snack and I mean, I told you earlier on today when we were in the cellar that Arlene and I, Arlene's my uh, business partner, we're both uh, founders of Sublime Wine. We had a dinner party and there were six of us and we thought six bottles of Inuverd would get us through and we were barely through making all, so we ran out of it because it was, it was like water. It was so thirst quenching and just delicious. And that's what I love about it because, and I mean, maybe because as well I live in Germany, it's kind of a 
better alternative to a lot of Riesling because it's just like, there's a saltiness to it. It's dry, it's got high acidity. It's still fruity and aromatic, but at the same time, it's not overwhelming. So there's a lovely lightness and fruitiness. Mm, like it's just, yes. it's, um, and integrity to it. There's integrity to it, integrity to it. Like what you said is, it's not a wine that just disappears immediately. There's no, a it stays in your mouth. Yes. And what you smell is what you get in your mouth. Yes. And this is important for all our wines, particularly because they are not fermented at very low temperature. Yes. We fermented at relatively high temperatures for white wine, yep. just to have this um, length in the mouth yes. and the, this structure of, of yep. the wines. I would add one thing that's important for uh, people that do try the wine, especially when it's newly bottled. It is bottled with a little bit of CO2, so there's a tiny spritz, yes. but also bottled with a very low level of sulfur. So, um, Yes, very yeah, low level of sulfur, so you can it. drink it, you don't get a headache. <laughs> Depends how much you drink. Oh, yeah, even if you drink two or three bottles. <laughs> oh, so you're way. drinking your fourth bottle, do you get a headache? <laughs> Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so we've tried the, that amazing wine that I love, and I, I personally think it's the wine of the summer, this summer, and every summer. <laughs> but um, we're going to go on to the Alvarino Laredo. Yes. Which vintage are we going to try? I would go to the 19. 19. So to all of our listeners, we have around uh, 12 bottles in front of us. Yes, so it's a, it's a hard job. And we're just pouring the 2019 yeah. Alvarino Loreiro. So, as you see for the shape of the bottle, it's a, a different style of wine. So this bottle, for those of you that are on audio, as many of our listeners are on audio, the Vinuverde is in like a Riesling shaped bottle and uh, the Alvarino Loreiro and the next wine that we'll also try is in a burgundy shaped bottle. So the one with the kind of wider base and the sloping shoulders. Yes, because we think it's a, a different style of wine. Yes. So it continues to have a good acidity, but it's a, <clears throat> a more body, more structure. Mm -hmm. And it's a wine that goes well with a meal. Mm -hmm. Especially it goes very well with cheese, even with, with a, a cooked meal with, with meat, because it has some uh, structure and, and acidity. This uh, 19 is a wine that, for me, it's better now than it was uh, uh, one year ago, because it has some evolution, some more uh, the developed the bouquet, keeps the acidity, uh, but it's now at the peak mm. to be drunk. Mm. We will have other wines that could last uh, longer. For me, the 19, it's now at the right stage to be drunk. Mm. And... Uh, I mean, what I love about that is it's still got that same line. And this is what I think is kind of a trademark yeah. of this region. This lovely salty mineral line that you see, yeah. obviously from the soil and the climate. But you're right, those honey, peachy, a little bit almost honey, almond, yes. sweet oh, almond oh, notes yes. in, a, in a really lovely way. And White what flowers. you feel in, in your nose is what you get in your mouth. So it continues all the same. Especially yeah. it increases a little bit at the, at the end 
So it's what I think makes this uh, uh, pleasant wine to drink. Mm. Mm. It's a yummy wine. Yeah. Really yummy. Yes. The, the only thing missing is something to eat. Because this is well, a wine that goes very <laughs> yeah. well during the meal. Yes. Needs food. We're going for lunch soon. Oh, though, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to everyone that's listening that's like, oh, that mineral, yes. delicious, nutty, yeah. al almond, honey, peachy wine. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. And I, I think this is something I really appreciated in our tasting. So we did some little mini verticals today. So we got to try this wine in four different vintages. And it was so interesting because for me, um, seeing the evolution, seeing the vintage differences, like some of the wines were a bit older were showing even fresher than some of the younger wines. So you could see that, you could really see that vintage variation, that it wasn't just a, like none of these wines are homogenous project, uh, pro products, sorry, not projects. Um, and I also think um, just seeing it after a couple of years in bottle, like having that little bit of time for the wine to really settle into itself and for the character of the wine to really come out. Because like you said, of course, there's a kind of global trend of people wanting to drink these really light, fresh, crisp yes. wines. But there's so much beyond that when the wine's made well. Yes, uh, that so missing gets the missed. best part of it. Yeah, yes. yes. <clears throat> Although I realize that most of the people will drink these wines uh, uh, very young, mm. but I usually say at least uh, wait uh, one year. For instance, the 2021 will yes. be ready for drinking in October. Mm. At least one year to get some complexity. and uh, Because before it's just the fruit. Yes. And the fruit is interesting, it is pleasant. We have also tasted the, the 21 from the vet. Lots yes. of fruit, but it's yes. just fruit. It's pleasant as yes. a young wine. But for me, uh, these wines are much more complex. It's the, even the length in the mouth, and the, it's uh, slightly different. And it depends on the preference of, of the people. I know that people, wow, white wine's very young, but others, they learn how to enjoy a white wine with a little bit of evolution yes. in the bottle, yes. more complex. Yes. And uh, it, it's, it's, my, uh, it's my preference, but I will accept other preferences in people that prefer the young wines. On that note, should we move to the next wine? So we're going to try the Alvarino. Single Alvarino. And which vintage were we going to try? Was it the 15 or the 16? I'll go for the 15. The 15? Yes. How exciting. Okay, just... So, 2015, Quinto Alvarino. Alvarino, yes. And just for our viewers, just to, to really reiterate that, Alvarino is, a, is the Portuguese name for the same grape that's known in Spanish as Alvarino. So exactly the same. Yes. Exactly the same. We use the same clones. Yeah. That is the, the the same variety for centuries, and uh, uh, this is a single uh, Alverino. And uh, uh, I still remember that twenty fifteen was a difficult year 
because these grapes were finished to harvest on Friday and on Saturday rain started and what's raining cats and dogs very heavy cats rain. and dogs yes so the, this is uh, these grapes were picked just before the rain and at the beginning it was a, a difficult uh, wine because the flavor was not very intense yeah. and uh, difficult to drink but then with the, the evolution with the aging in bottle starts to develop complex aromas still keeps a high acidity mm -hmm. and it's a wine that uh, for me it's the best the best example of a slow drinking wine take the time mm. let it breathe yeah let it develop yes and uh, see how to enjoy a relatively old wine mm. This is not a wine that you open the bottle, pour the, the wine into the glass and uh, drink it. No, it's too close. You have to wait even... We you have it, it uh, we taste it just uh, half an hour before, but now it's yeah. already different. We, exactly. And I mean, I was just thinking that and we've, we've tasted it, we've gone back to it. There's a little bit more temperature to the wine, which is also nice. I like that it's a slightly warmer temperature. Yes, it's um, warmer. So these, all these wines, they never, they should never be drunk below 10 degrees, 12 or even 13. Yes. Because if it's too cold, you don't you really, you don't feel any, anything. Yeah, you lose Let the, the wine to breathe in the glass, to warm a little bit. Not ice cold. Which we're told we should have wine ice cold. And I think yeah. probably when you're used to drinking industrial wine, you need it to be ice cold because it tastes so bad. But that's me yeah. being slightly controversial <laughs> and, oh, yes. and slightly political. But, but that's really what I think. And uh, look, uh, uh, Emily, I, yeah. I still remember. It was just a few years ago, I was at, at a restaurant uh, sitting nearby another mm -hmm. customer and he ordered a glass of uh, uh, dry, uh, white wine mm. and they bring a glass from the fridge, cold glass. The wine was really very chilly, very cold. Put into the glass, uh, smell it, drink it. Oh, very good. But you couldn't taste anything because <laughs> It yeah. was the, because it, it was frozen. It was so <laughs> it cold. Like ice. <laughs> it could be a white or a, a wine. It yeah. could be beer or water because the taste yeah. would be exactly the same. Yes. Something. It was a cold drink. Yes. And this is not a cold drink. This is wine, and wine deserves our the attention, uh, uh, attention and respect. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cheers to that. I mean, like, that's... Okay, yeah, cheers. cheers. To that. Um, I just want to say thank you to you for taking time. Oh, to it was my pleasure. And, like, also for hosting me here anyway. But, um, yeah, it's been really good um, because, obviously, we've had so a virtual correspondence for a long time oh, throughout yes, the pandemic. Yes, yes. So it's so good to be together yes. in person. Yes. And, um, and I'm so excited um, to continue to be a part of seeing the evolution of all these wines that you're making so okay yes thank you for coming 
And uh, it's also my pleasure to talk about wine. I keep keep talking all the afternoon <laughs> because this is a, always an interesting conversation. Because especially when we do not agree with a certain vintage, and yes. you think, oh, I prefer this one, you prefer that one. That's wow. when the yeah. interesting conversation yeah. starts. Yeah, a little bit of push and pull in a way. Un uh, unanimously, uh, it's uh, un un unanimity is not a good thing. No, I think, well, healthy discourse in any industry and in any space and in any conversation is only a good thing, in my opinion, yeah. because that means there's space to learn and there's space to have better understanding with yeah. each other. But... Um, yes. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. For everybody who is tuning in, um, you can find Juice Podcast. We're on Instagram at juice.podcast, on uh, Twitter, which we don't really use, which is juice underscore podcast. Um, obviously, my co-host Gwen is not here today, but you'll you'll find her on her own uh, account, which is Gwen Douglas, um, and I'm under Vina Looper, is, is my personal Instagram. And uh, to find... Wine, some of the wines that we talked about Sublime Wine Berlin on behalf of Juice thank you very much Antonio okay and thank you for coming time, we'll okay cheers again, cheers again. <laughs> okay. and cheers to you cheers.